Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast Sport and Life. It is Tuesday, March the 24th. I'm recording this from home in Cheltenham in the west of England. I'm a sports broadcaster named Ed Draper and we're in the UK so we're the first real day of stringent lockdown measures here. We're allowed to go out for food and for work and I uh, remain actually somewhat counterintuitively but a key worker working presenting for Sky Sports News possibly we may end up working a little bit for Sky News as well, which is the harder news outlet of Sky's broadcasting arm. But at the moment, we're doing sort of effectively a bit of a light relief in terms of offering sports updates on terms of when sports may return and what athletes are going through at the moment, along with everyone else. Because aside from work, you can go to the shops for food only as necessarily as uh, you have to go, as is necessary. And also you're allowed to go out for one exercise outing a day. And you can only go out with members of your own household. So it's kind of a surreal situation here. I'm going to get Dr. Ranulf Crook following on from having my father, uh, Dr. Mark Draper, on last time, who is a GP here in Gloucestershire, also runs in Cheltenham an Optimal Health Clinic, which in sort of uh, rosier times looks at epigenetics, perfect health, people's genetic predisposition to certain illnesses, food allergies, that kind of stuff. He can talk more about that potentially, but today it's just to get a sense of what he's going through in terms of the coronavirus crisis. He's uh, shared a lot of useful stuff on his social media, Dr. Rang Crook, in terms of research into this Oxford University. I've seen a tweet from him and also practical advice about boosting your immunity, sharing some important information. So it'd be good to speak to him. We are again uh, in Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serena V in association with those guys. Uh, supporting the podcast, really appreciate that. And Jason, who runs Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham, sent me a text very nice the other day to check how we all were. My family's going well, uh, dealing with homeschooling my five-year-old, although she's remarkably enthused in full uniform at 8.30 in the morning. So that's definitely made it easier, though. And speaking now at 3.30, we're just about giving up for the day. Uh, my wife and I are quite exhausted. She's been trying to work from home as well. Uh, but Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Presuming the shop is in lockdown now, as everything else is, but definitely check that out when we resume some sort of normalcy, uh, particularly if you want to listen to music at home and that kind of stuff, because this might, in a way, heighten our appreciation of what we have at home, what we need at home in these situations. And in a sense, we're reduced output on Sky Sports News, so my shifts have been reduced on site, I'm trying to help from afar, but actually it's... Um, a time for pause and a time for, I guess, reflecting on how we live normally and perhaps how we should live and just a time of um, peace and quiet to a certain extent having to stay in. Obviously not for those people suffering from COVID-19 and wish them all the best. And hopefully this will shed some light on how we know if we've got it and another um, cogent advice from Dr. Ranoff Crook. Here we go, guys. Hello, Ran. Yes, very good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to me. Yes, that's no problem at all. No problem. And uh, how's the homeschooling gone today? <laughs> certainly, certainly interesting. <laughs> yeah, you've got two boys, haven't you? Are they uh, they hard to tie down. Uh, well, it's uh, three boys and a girl, so four oh, of them. Oh wow! Wow, I didn't realise. That's uh, the quartet. And what, what what age range are they? So the the youngest is four, and the oldest is eleven. Oh, fantastic! So it's quite. So is the eleven year old starting to get into sort of. Uh, serious topics that it's it's tricky isn't it the the, the range of, of what you're supposed to know 
Yeah, no, fortunately, the, the school he's at, they've got um, a virtual learning um, oh, module okay. up. So uh, he's got quite a lot of self-directed stuff that he can do and uh, get on with himself. It's it's the younger three. <laughs> that are, they're the ones that need entertaining and, <laughs> yes. and keeping in line. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think we're all exhausted after trying to do two days with my, my five-year-old, actually. And she's, she says that my jolly phonics, my, um, my sort of uh, syllables and everything are getting uh, better now. So my enunciation she's better so that's good she, she's teaching you well then <laughs> she is it feels like that because of that but um how's how's work as well obviously i think you're on a day off today but how's how's it been and has it been a changing picture over the, the past week so i think certainly last week was very much the clinically it was the, the calm before the storm so um by the end of the week everybody was trying to to, to stay at home they were getting the message that actually you know th- this is serious and and we are only a matter of weeks be- behind you know places like italy mm. and and it was really starting to um to, to come home how how serious and this is and how we need to start taking control of it um so we had already switched earlier on in the week from um first thing to just doing telephone appointments wherever possible so we weren't bringing in as many people and so really we were doing as much as we could on the telephones so mm. we were trying to see less people and less people were obviously coming in so it, it was relatively all right but on the other side of things you've got the huge organizational changes of switching the way the practice works setting up uh, protocols for separating people with suspected coronavirus off from the other other people and all that that sort of operational logistics that that goes in so there was a a huge amount of organizational work that was going on and how how difficult is it over the phone because my dad was in the same situation and i recorded a conversation with him last week how difficult is it to determine whether someone has coronavirus from the symptoms because i suppose in their mildest form they're, they're very similar to a lot of other things Oh, oh, absolutely. It's it's hugely difficult to 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 tell for sure who's got it and who hasn't. Uh, and so, really, we've just got to make the assumption that most people that coming with infective symptoms and and even some with things that you wouldn't necessarily initially consider infective symptoms like abdominal pain, you know, mm. can be presentations of of coronavirus. So, oh, okay. Or, although the vast majority present with a fever and a dry cough. Yeah. You get, you, you get wet coughs, you get nausea. About 50% of people have gastrointestinal symptoms. So that's things like nausea, diarrhea, tummy pain. Oh, that's, um, so half of people are having that, are they? Yeah. So, yeah. so it, it, it's, and, and another one that's sort of coming to light, is is potentially just loss of sense of smell so mm. th- there are this this whole spectrum yes fever and cough are you know by far the most common but just because you don't have those it doesn't necessarily mean that you couldn't have coronavirus and and what how big how wide is the range of severity of these symptoms is it it seems unusually wide in the sense that some are having such mild symptoms obviously others so so severe <sighs> Yes. Yeah, so, so vast majority of people w- will have mild symptoms and particularly if you don't have any other health conditions. Mm. So so the people that seem to be most severely affected with um, the coronavirus, uh, 
they, they seem to have underlying health issues. So things like cardiovascular disease, heart, heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, those sorts of issues. Mm. Um, uh, and, and people who are younger, fitter, healthier, their, their severity is much less. And their, their overall sort of risk of dying from coronavirus is, is much, much smaller. So it, it's less than 1% if you're otherwise fit and healthy with no underlying medical pr- conditions. Okay, and it's, it's someone uh, Michael Osterholm is, uh, I think, works for the Infectious Disease uh, Research Department in the States. He was saying that obesity was a risk factor, but was that just connected to everything else? Is it in terms of the, the connection with diabetes and things? Do you, do you suspect? Yeah. So, so your 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 conditions that affect your underlying metabolism. So, people who 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 don't have optimal metabolism. Are, are certainly affected and and that is a, an underlying cause for for many things such as as you say diabetes heart disease high blood pressure you know some cancers and things like that so so yes uh, obesity can be sort of in the in the background but the the in terms of the the highest risk um cardiovascular disease comes on top with about a, mm. a 10% mortality rate um, with that diabetes and then c- chronic lung diseases, chronic respiratory diseases are, are the sort of the top three. Um, it, so, so yes, it, 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 it does vary, but, um, but obviously as well, the more of those conditions you have, then again, the higher your risk of a more severe uh, form of the illness. We've seen a lot of people told over a certain age in particular to be concerned. Do you feel that age is a significant risk factor? So age in that age is linked with more risk, greater risk of of having these underlying health diseases. Mm. But chronological age per se, not not necessarily. You can get, obviously, we're using in in the UK the cutoff of over 70 to put people in a a vulnerable risk category. But you can get people who are are fit and healthy Mm. and have a much but much younger biological age, if you like, than, than, than people who are younger than 70 yeah. and are a much higher risk. Again, going back to sort of the, the metabolo- meta- metabolic issues that, that some people mm. have with obesity, poor diets, low, low levels of physical activity and things like that. Do you do you think the the people who have reported sort of being asymptomatic, particularly celebrities and sports people, because they were given testing and, and obviously that was done through their organisations they work for, is that is that possibly an indicator towards why this has spread so quickly across the world? Because other some people are be, being able to spread it without necessarily feeling ill. Yes, I think there was. Um... Uh, a study recently that was released from the the passengers on the uh, Diamond Princess in in Japan, mm. uh, and they found that on on they did an observation period of up to fifteen days, I think, and uh, on on first assessment, forty one were positive. Yeah. But over uh, up to 58, there was still 30% of people were asymptomatic, but testing positive to the disease. 
Yeah, so it's a very it's a, it's a difficult picture, isn't it? What what do do you think? In a sense, we're, we're lucky that it's not more potent than, than perhaps it could have been. Is it a warning shot in in some senses? Something that I believe SARS important to have more sort of catastrophic consequences once you contracted it. Perhaps this is just easier to contract. Yes. So so how how serious an infection is? It depends on on two things. As you say, how severe infection is when you when you catch it. So so how potent, how virulent it is, uh, and then the other is is how quickly it is spread. So so uh, one's end of the spectrum, something like chickenpox, it, it's really easy to spread, but then when you get it's not particularly severe. And you've got something like Ebola, which is really quite lethal, but pretty difficult to spread without really close contact. Um, and then you've got things that are both easy to spread and quite severe. So it's like when you're already immunised against like measles, the, the, the uh, bad viruses. Uh, and then it seems that the coronavirus or the COVID 19 virus is coming in the middle of that. So it, it's pretty easy to spread and, and, and it can be more, um, more sort of fatal than, say, the seasonal flu, uh, mm. as an example. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a tricky one to keep. The, the, the sort of advice now is correct in terms of staying at home. Is that a pragmatic way of approaching it for the next couple of weeks? I, I think that that is absolutely what we need to do to try and what, what people are referring to as flatten the curve. Um, the, the, the key is that for a lot of people, this isn't going to be a severe infection. But because of how quickly it spreads, and looking at the capacity that our NHS as our healthcare to, to care for people as they become unwell, if we do nothing, then that peak is really quick mm. and that far exceeds the number of hospital beds, ITU beds and ventilators that we have available, even taking into account the ones that we're acquiring. So you won't only see deaths in that peak due to the virus itself, you'll see deaths because the people who get COVID can't get an ITU bed and they can't be ventilated. You mm. also see deaths because those people who will still be having heart attacks and needing major surgery, they can't get the ITU beds, the ventilators and things like that as well. So it, it's both the coronavirus related um, excess of death and also for the other illnesses, you know, uh, and, and um, uh, sort of traumas that are going to happen day to day as well. Yeah, we're obviously recording this podcast remotely, by the way, to listeners. So if there is a, a breakup in the signal sometimes. Apologize for that. But probably thought it prudent with the advice around social distancing and, and isolation to, to record from a, a remote location. But Rana, I wonder if... Um, uh, how we how we know is it is it statistical projection of, of when we know to come out rather than opposed to a, a kind of a number of, of people with COVID because we're not testing obviously everyone with the symptoms as you say that you're consulting with at home. When you say when when to come out, do you mean to come out of the social distancing? Yes, exactly that. Yeah, when we're able to sort of resume a, a level of normality. Yes, so so it, it is really very much based on on modelling on all the information that we're learning as we go along. Um, 
absolutely right. We're, we're not testing as much as other countries have tested. And so, you know, we, we fairly quickly restricted our testing because of the lack of availability of the tests to the most important cases, i.e. the ones that we were having to admit to hospital. Um, mm. So it, it went fairly quickly from us in, in sort of primary care as GPs referring people in the community on to having testing to then people in the community just being assumed to have it and only if we needed to admit someone to hospital would they be tested for the infection. So there will be reams of people out in the community who have just said, look, you've got to assume you've got it, take your precautions, stay at home, yeah. self-isolation. So the way we've got to model it it, without that information it is really via the death rate and then extrapolating from that from what we know of the the how the um the mortality rates elsewhere are are sort of tapering into to a, a say about four percent and is that four so the is that four percent of people who have had severe symptoms is that correct rather than say four percent of people all told having it so, so so the fatality rate is 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 the percentage of people who who get coronavirus who, who then go on to die yeah yeah but we can't but we can't necessarily tell how many people have it at this stage because we're not testing everyone is that fair because i think that people are sort of concerned about wide uh, differences in in statistics across countries but presumably they have different testing policies in different countries which may lead to to a higher percentage of fatality in some countries and a lower in, in others is that is that right? Uh, absolutely. So, so in, until we, we get a, a better picture as time goes on, the, the case fatality rate in the UK might, might seem a lot higher because we're not testing all of those milder ones out in the community. Mm. Uh, and so, yes, it, it, it's, it's, it's very difficult to, to project what, what's going to happen because um, the, the, the case fatality rate will depend on on how much you're able to test everyone in the community uh, and and then only you, you'll if the more you can test the milder symptoms obviously that dilutes the fatality so you get a lower fatality rate but also mm. how much your healthcare um, system has the capacity to cope with uh, the, the the number of people needing higher level of care of ITU beds of ventilators sure. Um, because once you ex once you exceed that capacity, then you're going to get excess deaths, not purely because of the virus, but because you just can't ventilate the people you need to who would have otherwise been ventilated and perhaps survived. Yeah. So I suppose when you when you're considering that and we're looking at we met at the Child and Wellbeing Festival and we I suppose still considering in, in this instance, like any other, the all round health of, of everyone, when you consider things like anxiety and I suppose stress, is it is it important maybe not to over consume too many of those statistics and, and worry too much about that at this point yes i mean it, it's really easy to get um hugely anxious about what what's going on and you you know so, some people say that you know this has led also to a, a panic pandemic um mm. uh, and, and you can see that with with people's shopping habits and and what some people are referring to as the <laughs> toilet paper index you know as a, yes, as a measure yeah. of your your panic pandemic um but, you, you know, yes, it's, it's difficult to interpret. And just as it's difficult to know for, you know, the governments when to impose different sanctions because behavioural science is, is, is very 
imprecise you know people don't always behave how the models tell you to behave hence people wouldn't necessarily have predicted everybody panic buying toilet paper um <laughs> so so um so so yes it, it, you've got to take the the statistics such as the projections with with a pinch of salt and not get too anxious about it um but also you've got to try and you know think about your health and overall health and well-being as well um there's a great yeah. temptation to, to keep checking the news, seeing what's the latest and, and, and sort of looking for, for that next little bit of information. Um, and, and that can, can lead to all sorts of other complications of, of, you know, this pandemic that we're in that aren't viral related, such as mm. deteriorating mental health and, and, and sort of well-being. So, so it's really important when, when we're in this sort of era to, to try and focus on what you can do to keep yourself in the best of health. Yeah. How important is it? it because looking at the long term, people may be fearful this may return in the future. How important is it for a sort of herd immunity was a phrase they used earlier on in the pandemic. How important is it for healthy people, quote unquote, healthy people to possibly have COVID-19 to provide society with more of a buffer next time? So in, in terms of the herd immunity and people, getting the the coronavirus that there there are still some unknowns as to why some younger seemingly healthy people uh, have 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 succumbed to it and and had a serious version of the illness so so i don't yeah. think anybody's suggesting go and get it now quickly mm -mm. and then you know you'll develop your immunity because the other thing we don't know is is how long that immunity may last um, sure. or, or how quickly this this virus mutates. So so we know already that there have been some mutations in 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 the virus itself. So it means the the genetic makeup of the virus as it started over in China is is, is now different to to the very original infections. And now most of those mutations are inconsequential, but that can then develop. Uh, sort of resistance to, to to people's immunities as as a, as it has developed. So you you can have situations where there is a very small number of people who have been reinfected, but that that is a, a a risk as well. So in terms of developing herd immunity, that that's obviously you know if we do get to that stage with a flatter curve, that means mm. that yes in the longer term, we will have developed an immunity to this sort of virus and it will be less of a, a, a massive spike each year. Um, and hopefully by, by that next year, we will have developed um, some, some vaccinations against it as well. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that, that the earlier you get your immunity, then you're, you're gonna prevent yourself from getting it or any complications down the line. Mm, so better, better off staying here at the moment and and trying not to not to contract it as much as you can. What's what's your advice on on general health and immunity? I know you shared some things on your, your social media as well. And um, do you, what what the underlying things now? It's a good time, I suppose, to to be a catalyst for for general health and people looking after themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I mentioned, the me mental health is is a key one when you're you're stuck at ho home and you know you're you're anxiously looking at all of the social media so so you know a great tip is to try and limit your social media to to certain times of the day or looking at the news at certain times of the day um we can't predict when the the 
the new information is going to come about, but certainly sure. once or twice a day should be sufficient to keep up to date with the important stuff. Um, otherwise, you, you're just fueling the, the the sort of the the anxiety, and you you, you get just a, addicted to checking. Got fight and flight kind of response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and so what you can do is 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 focus on other things. So so when people are feeling anxious. Um, then then focusing on things like breathing can be a, a real lifesaver. Um, or if people have problems with breathing, you can focus on other bits of your body. But just spending some time just honing in on your breathing um, and and doing a little bit of mindfulness. Um, I'm sure lots of people have mm. heard of mindfulness and aware of them now. And there are, there are some apps now that are that are creating lots of free content in the light of the, the coronavirus and the fact that people are going to be uh, sat at home going stir crazy so so <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there are some good apps like headspace and calm that that are doing some good free content and really worthwhile looking at that if if you're finding that you're struggling and we, um, we, we've started watching quite a lot of comedies as well actually i don't know if that's really, something that you do just to, to have a laugh and yeah 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 just do do something normal and and you know take your mind off it and and don't just keep switching the news on every time you you, you you're on the tv definitely mm. Yeah, I think as long as you get that daily uh, daily update from the prime minister or the health advice, I think it's probably the most most important. You don't need to be a, across it all the time. No, no, no absolutely. It's, 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 it's funny the the effect this might be in terms of the, the health industry because we've got a friend who works um, in a, in marketing for Pucker Teas, which do herbal organic teas, and she was saying there's been a huge upsurge in interest in in that. And apparently, uh, weights have sold out, benches for home home workouts and stuff. Do you see? And obviously, I've mentioned the intro to this podcast uh, before I joined you that you were co-founder of the Optimal Health Clinic in Cheltenham. And, and just how do you see an upsurge in, in the health industry? Do you think people will take more of an active interest in health after this? Uh, I, I hope so. I, I think, you know, it, it, it's like when 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 athletes are injured, professional athletes are injured. It, it's. It, they they don't just sit around at, at home and and you know look after their their you know inverted an ankle their twisted mm. ankle they they try and look to to build up on their 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 strength elsewhere in their body and their fitness by doing other things so I think yes you know if you can spend this time at home looking at, at, at how you can get yourself more healthy trying to really ingrain some healthy habits absolutely you know it, it's it's something that that really you can you can um capitalize on this time at home to really if if you, you you've got the resources and and the space to set up a home gym you know it, it's really looking for where you can you know take the positives out of this um and you know other things that that really help our our health and well-being is you know social mm. connectivity uh, yeah and that's what's really happening certainly in our area is you know helping others and, and obviously you've you've got to do that with with sort of social distancing in mind now and, and sort of looking at <laughs> really important things like your, your hand hygiene washing washing your hands after any contact and yeah. things like that but that's really sort of getting communities to connect together that's that's really important and if if that's what comes out of it then then yes we'll all have sort of happier healthier lives 
Yeah, I've actually started phoning old friends and things like that. It's quite interesting. You sort of check in on them, see how they're doing. But you have a you have a bit of fun and a laugh with with good friends, which is which is a nice sort of uh, antidote to the. It's like you say the the panic pandemic at the moment, which you, you can be surrounded by if you're not not careful. How important is it that people utilise this this option of a, an exercise outing per day? Do you feel just to to get some headspace and and, and get the body moving? Yes, again, trying to keep your 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 mind and your body healthy. If you're looking after your mind and and you've got that under control, then then yes, keeping yourself active is is really important too. Uh, and and it it has widespread benefits, you know, not just for your your mental health, but also for your immunity as well. Um, mm. there, there's some people have suggested that there's a bit of a J-shaped curve, so so that if you go from being inactive to to moderately active you reduce the number of upper respiratory tract infections so coughs and colds and and flu-like infections wow um but then if you start overtraining and 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 really excessively doing too much then then that hampers your immunity yeah so it's getting don't run run marathon don't run marathons or ultra marathons at the moment just keep yourself exactly uh, you know don't overdo it don't you know do more than you, you you're used to and if you're you're starting from scratch then then build up very slowly with you know uh, you know advice from things like the, the couch to 5k type apps mm. so yeah you've really just got to build up if you're not used to it and and given that all of us will be under some degree of anxiety and sort of mental stress at the moment yeah too much stress on the body whether that's psychological or physical is going to affect our immune system as well and potentially put you more at risk of of contracting these viruses yeah it's a sort of it's a complex picture isn't it? but it's interesting that that sort of polarization of society we say it's extreme in lots of ways but you you kind of feel that with exercise don't you, you have a lot of sedentary people but then we do have a, a cult particularly to say fueled by social media of of extreme exercise whether it be long distance running or or extreme weights or, or something like that yeah, but but certainly getting out to do some sort of, you know, walking will, will more than do it. You know, if you go for yeah. a half an hour walk each day um, or even just around your garden or some some form, there are lots of people doing online sort of exercise sessions if you don't have a garden or you're in a flat. Yeah. So so doing just, you know, half an hour of some light to moderate physical activity, just enough to get your you breathing a little bit faster that that is is sort of certainly great to, to help your immune system your mental health um and all those sorts of things yeah joe wixton is morning pe class as well isn't he for all the parents out there for the kids as well which is quite i think nine o'clock every day on youtube yeah so a, a good option right <laughs> so you mentioned the isolation aspect but i suppose there will be people who are single as well which is even more for some of us it's actually quite nice to spend more time with our family and less time at work so in a sense it's a has a novelty value but there will be people who live alone who it could be a stressful time but if you if you felt more isolation my dad was mentioning that i guess a lot of gps are social people by nature because you do see a heck of a lot of people during a day whereas now it is telephone based you're saying it's doubly strange because you're you're not seeing people but also it's almost more intense because the there's no natural break between receiving one patient and getting another one from the waiting room is it has it been surreal for you in that sense yeah it it, it is a it, it's more intense <clears throat> as you say you get one call after another and there there's no natural break as well it's more stressful doing telephone calls as well you don't get that natural rapport that you do with somebody sitting right in front of you uh, yeah. and and so you, you 
it, it, it's a, a second rate form of, of sort of contact with a healthcare professional. You know, gold standards is very yeah. much seeing the patient face to face. You can face to face. You can see their cues. You can pick up on their hand actions, their facial expressions and things like that. And yes, we've got video consultations, but it, that is still not the same as having somebody there in front of you. Um, so for all sorts of reasons, it, it's, yes, very much second place to, to having somebody there in your room from, you know, yeah. also the, 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 the clinical information that you get, but also the social information that you get. And as you say, you know, seeing going from seeing lots of people having chats and, and the, the informal discussions that, that happen as a result of somebody coming in the door. Um, you know, all of that is 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 massively changed, and and so it it certainly does change your your sort of perspective from from your day to day work. Yeah, and there's almost an anxiety induced hypochondria, I guess, which you have to cope with because people probably, you know, we all start second guessing ourselves at the moment. Don't we? Do I feel I cleared my throat? Is that cough? That's a new cough, and it's sort of people second guessing. Is that is that an issue that you face? People ringing up with with a little bit of um, of, of sort of fear generated symptoms. <laughs> Not so much in our area so far. No, they've they been pretty, pretty genuine. Um, so far, generally, younger children, as as is often the way this time of year, with you know general viral symptoms, coughs and colds, yeah. and sore throats and and painful ears. Um, so, so we haven't had too much of the 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 sort of anxiety generated sort of symptoms come through but you know the the longer people are self-isolating at home i'm sure you know that that will just play on people's mind and and and, and become much more um m- much more prevalent yeah yeah Ran, how optimistic are you then we that we clear this out and have a sort of more normal summer or how long do you envisage it, it life being interrupted for gosh it's 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 really difficult to say um yeah i i mean if if you look at Italy, we're we're a couple of weeks behind them, uh, and and so you know we're we're really looking at several months, I would imagine, if we're following them. Um, yeah. But then it, it it very much depends on on how well we are sticking to our social distancing and self isolation measures and and reducing the the rates of transmission. Um, so it's very much us t- uh, up to us as as the general public to determine. How, how long we're under these measures that the, the better we stick to these these guidelines then the, the quicker we'll be out the other end oh it's great it's good good wise words well Rano, i do appreciate speaking to me i know you're probably exhausted after your your day of homeschooling as well <laughs> but thank you very much and good luck we obviously appreciate all the all the doctors and nurses out there at the moment in particular and uh, thank you for your time that's very kind thanks ed you take care too Cheers, Rand. Thank you. Right. I'll share this for you on social media. I'll tag you so that you can uh, you can retweet it well. But I, I recommend people listen to you as well on your, your social media and view what you share because you've, you've put some valuable information there. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Good man. All right. Cheers, Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye.